Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centred, Word-based and Spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Well, why don't we get into the Word of God today? Why don't we open our Bibles or look up to the screen for your Bible? Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to uh, 42. Get it right, Christy. Okay, it says, As Jesus and His disciples were on their way, He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to Him. She's a homeowner. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what He said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations and all the women said, of course she was. He popped in like it was a drive through right? Of course she was. And all that had to be made. She came to Him and asked, Lord, Don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. It shows you the kind of love relationship they had. He always had her back. Like he kind of got her, you know, you're the first child probably. You know what preparations need to be made. You've been cleaning the house all day. I get it, Martha. I really do understand. But Martha... Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. You are worried, you're stressing out about many things, but few things are needed. Or indeed, actually, let me simplify it even more for you, sweetheart, only one Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. You can hear the love in your voice. I reckon Martha gets a bad rap sometimes, can I just say. I am a first child. So is Jesus, incidentally. So we are holy. We know what's going down. We know what needs to be done. And I feel like sometimes we read this passage and go, He didn't really love her very much. He brought a correction to her and He's really nasty to her. And it's like, no, there is love in His voice. It's a beautiful scene, really. You know, I I love the book of Luke for this because one of the key themes in the book of Luke is the banqueting table. Who likes a banqueting table? Love a grazing platter, love a banqueting table, or for the pressure cooker, by the way. My mother-in-law gave me one yesterday, and man, that's a good little experiment if you ever wanna try. Um, But Luke is all about hospitality banqueting, the community of God together. It is this constant theme. And I hope if you've come today to church, maybe for the first time, maybe you're back after a long time, I just pray you feel welcome at our table this morning. We are about to have a feast and you're welcome, right? You are in pride of place. You're not on the outskirts. You are right at the centre. And we're so glad you joined us this morning. I can imagine it's an agrarian community. It's a, it's a little village, the village of Bethany. And I can imagine there probably wasn't a lot going on, right, in this little village. So visitors were very welcome, particularly I reckon for women because their lives were pretty home-centric. Their lives were pretty, I don't know, maybe routine, maybe a little bit Groundhog Day, 
every day, you know, feed the kids, water the plants, cook the meal, clean the house, go to sleep, do it all over again, right? And so I'm imagining here that it would have added interest. Jesus has turned up, not just alone, but with His band of disciples, right? And I can imagine that there is incredible interest. Maybe in the heart of Martha, stress and pressure. You didn't send me an advance notice. You didn't text me and tell me you were going to pop in. You didn't make a calendar appointment. You just presenced yourself in our home. And now I need to go and prepare a six course meal because you are the guest of honour, right? Stress and pressure. But something about this story, Luke chooses under the power of the Holy Spirit to unpack something about kingdom principles. There is something about this little domestic scene that God placed enough value on to show us something about the kingdom this morning. 2,000 years later, it's amazing how these ancient scenes are so strangely familiar. Anybody else relate to these? It's interesting too for us as believers, if you are a believer in the room this morning, you may not be and this is the right place for you, right? This is such a safe place to explore matters of faith. But the thing is, all of them welcomed Him into their homes. Now look, Martha owned the home, it implies, right? But Mary and we know Lazarus lived there too. And all of them welcomed Him in. It wasn't just Martha. It wasn't just Mary in the story who we're gonna talk about in a moment. But immediately, Luke is saying, if you're a believer, read yourself into the story. This is not a sheep and the goats, okay? This is not a, you're either a sheep or you're a goat. We're all sheep here in this story, right? This is for believers. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to read yourself into some part of this story because the Holy Spirit's got something to say to you this morning. This is a story for believers, right? And if you're not yet, that's totally cool because the Holy Spirit will speak to you too. He's got a habit of doing that, right? All of them made room for Him. They weren't dictated by schedule. They weren't dictated by, hang on, the invitation didn't go out. Why have you turned up at the front door? He loved them and they loved Him and He was welcome to drop by. Well, the cooking starts up. Martha gets going. The cooking fires up. She's got the Yotam Ottolenghi Jerusalem book out. It's all happening. I highly recommend that, by the way. Eggplant Shamula is coming from the kitchen. Hummus is happening in the kitchen, right? Shakshuka is happening in the kitchen. Doesn't matter. It's all happening. It's a six-course meal and the kitchen smells good. Who likes that when their partner cooks, yeah? And the smells are wafting in and so forth. Well, meanwhile, the unexpected is happening <laughs> in the lounge room. You can only imagine how the, the, the house is laid out. There's a little kitchen probably, a little place of reclining. And Jesus and all the disciples, all the guys are reclining in the lounge room. I can only imagine that Peter had his feet on Martha's best cushion because they weren't currently in his mouth, which is a flippin' miracle, right? I can imagine that John is snuggling up to Jesus because he had less of a sense of personal space than any other disciple. (laughs) 
And I can imagine that Thomas was probably fingering their library and making critical judgments on their reading choices in the home, right? But right in the centre of attention, right in the middle of the action, right at the feet of Jesus is Mary, who's not at the edge of the kitchen listening in politely from where she should be, who's not you know what, well, let's just let the guest family, family goes last, let the guests sit next to Jesus, it's okay. No, she has inserted herself right into the middle of this band of men sitting at the feet of Jesus, participating, listening, gleaning, growing. She had claimed space. She had made room because she actually discerned that He had a place just for her at the feet of Jesus. He, she discerned, I am not at the edge of the kitchen in this moment. I am not at the edge of the group at the moment. I am snuggling right up into the centre of the action and He has made room for me. And therefore I need to claim a space and make room and give myself permission to be at the feet of Jesus. And in doing so, by the way, she breaks the unspoken rules. Have you ever broken an unspoken rule in a place? I remember walking into my friend's house at uni. They were Asian, everyone else had their shoes off and I walk in with my shoes, the only Anglo there, and I broke the unspoken rule and they soon sorted it out. They showed me that I'd broken the unspoken rule. Take your shoes off at the door. I don't know if you're blind, but there was a whole stack of them, right? She actively resisted the demands of the day to do it. She actively resisted where she should have been, where culture was speaking to her, you belong in there, distracted and busy and attending to your work. She resisted it to sit at His feet where she could become something, where she could hear, grow, learn, change, be broken and given for a kingdom purpose. And in doing so, she chose the better part. She chose the better part. Would she eat that day? Yeah, she probably ate with them, reclining at the table. Would she ever cook again? Yeah, probably, probably the next day. Tomorrow she would cook again. But she would never have this moment back. She would never, ever have this moment back again. And like Paul at the feet of Gamaliel, right? Which is the sense of how she sat there, not just as a listening to a good story, but as a student positioning themselves, making room, making space, taking up that which was allocated for her. She sat at the feet of Jesus. Isn't that interesting? Jesus has a long history of welcoming people to His feet that other, th- other people don't believe should be there. Children, stop bothering Jesus. No, welcome the little children. Samaritan, what, what are you doing at the well? What? They're, they're like dogs. That's what they thought of them. Jesus, no, 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 no. She's welcome at my feet. I have made room for her. A woman who should be cooking. No, I have made room for her. 
He made room for those that wanted room. Isn't that interesting? If you want room, if you want to make room, He will make room for you. If you want to hear Him, He will speak to you. If you will open space, God will fill it with His glory. Do you know that? Well, as it unfolded, there was commotion in the kitchen. At first, it seemed accidental. The smashing of a plate, the banging of the drawers, the clutter of the utensils. Has anyone ever had that? Just seems like there's a bit of tension in here, right? Andrew reminded me of something that happened to us. Like, I didn't feel like we're welcome here, right? There's a bit of commotion going on. And at first it seems accidental, but it becomes very obvious that something is eating Martha. Something's eating her. Suddenly, banging just a little bit louder. Suddenly, the clutter is a little bit harder. And suddenly, she, knowing that Jesus always had her back, right? There's a level of confidence and love in the relationship. It hits fever pitch and she bursts out into the lounge room and says, Jesus, you don't care that she has left me to do all the work. Have you felt like that sometimes where you've been left to do all the arrangements and maybe it's been wrong. Maybe you've been dumped with something you never should have had to deal with. Maybe a partner just didn't do the right thing. She felt all the feel, she's feeling it. But Jesus who, can I underscore in the most important possible way, loved Martha. And we see it in His words. It's like He holds the the sides of her face with His words. Martha, Martha. You can feel the empathy in His voice to her. Martha, few things are needed. Martha, you're getting caught up in something you were never meant to be caught up in. Few things are needed. In fact, not even few things, only one Thing is needed here. Only one. Few things are needed. And Mary right now has chosen the, the right thing, the one thing. And it opens up a discussion about actively making room for the one thing, the things that matter most, the things that have eternal value, the things that actually will change things in the future over and over again into infinity and eternity. Well, the truth is that there are things vying for your attention even this morning. Can I just say the text before church, the temptation to stay in bed where it's toasty and how warm is our auditorium, right? So nice, so, so nice. You can always know in winter we've got you covered. Um, But things are vying for your attention. Do you know there is things vying for the real estate of your life, your time, your resource, your thought space, your emotional world. There are things that are vying for legitimate space in your life. And you know what? They look normal. They don't look sinful. They look really normal. So much so that there is a culture that supports that. There is a culture right now that 100% 
is supporting the taking, the vying, the stealing of your attention into lesser things. But what we've got to realise is with every choice, your life is a finite series of resources, a finite series of time, a finite group of emotional attentions, if you want to speak like that. Your life is real estate. And when you give parts of it away, there is an opportunity cost. It is not an infinite group of resources. God is the infinite one. And as we tap into supernatural power, absolutely there is infinite resource in God, but you are finite and your life is finite. Now, can I just say at this juncture, God has no issue with you having an awesome life, can I just say. God has got no issue with money. God has got no issue with lifestyle, so to speak, in and of itself. God has got no issue with you enjoying great food, great friends, great movies, great music, enjoying sport, enjoying building a business. God has got no issue with it. Let me just do a PR job for God right now. He's got no issue with it. He wants you to have a great time. He wants you to have a great life. He wants you to build an amazing family. They are great things. But He's encouraging us through this story. In fact, He's spelling it out in plain language that will you, be ble- you will be blessed and provided for if you choose the better thing. Will you embrace the good but elevate the better? Will you embrace the things that God is okay with you having, but will you elevate the better part? Will you elevate? Can I just say, Jesus knew how to make room. Jesus knew how to hold space. Not once in His three and a half year ministry, turning the, life, the, the world upside down with 12 subpar individuals, can I just say, He Not once do we see Him frantic or overstretched. Never once did He give away time, attention, resource, emotional energy to things that were demanding, even genuine need. Like I I am perplexed sometimes reading some of these Gospel stories going, He's dead and you waited another two days to do anything. He's sick and you said, sweet, I'll be two days here. You know, I, there's someone dying at the other end and you just let the woman who has suffered brush up against you for a healing first. He will never allow the real estate of His life to be stolen. He never, not once, find me one example. Yes, He responds to need. Yes, He will give resource. Yes, He responds to prayer. But never, ever once do we see in the life of Jesus capitulating to the demands and the pressures to the lesser thing at the cost of the better thing. Not once, one thing is needed. Just one, in any given moment, just one thing is needed. And of course there's competing demands in life on earth, but one thing is needed. Something had little value, something had a lot of value. Martha is doing what is important, but Mary is doing what is the most important. You know, only one thing is needed. Mary chose the one thing. 
Mary chose the one thing and it wasn't going to be taken away. You know, some commentators even say there is a way, a legitimate way of reading this. And Jesus is saying to Martha, only one dish is needed. Only one thing is needed. Why are we going to a six course meal? Why are we adding complexity when all that's needed is in this moment, the one thing? Do you know complexity will rob you of the greater thing? Do you know, I see lives becoming and I understand juggling complexity. Part of growing in maturity is holding the tensions and dealing with complexity. But I do feel at times as believers, we take on this complexity that robs us of the simplicity of making room for the one thing, for the one thing, the better better thing. Mary makes room. She recognises, doesn't matter what the culture says, doesn't matter the pressures going on in my home. I actually in this moment have full access. He has made room for me. I must avail myself of the room He has made and I must make room for Him. I must elevate His voice over the voice of this. I must elevate His voice over kids' sport. I must elevate His voice over what the economy's doing. I must elevate His voice over the pressure of life in the 21st century. Full access, full access. If she made room, she could have full access. If you make room for Him, you can have full access to His presence. You'll be smarter, better, more efficient. Your life will have an edge to it if you will simply make room. Well, vision offering is a lot like this. And if I could have the keys, that would be really good. Vision offering really is about making room. It is about God, we had this opportunity to actually silence the noise, silence the distraction over everything that is vying for my attention, the catalogue on the bench, the kids' expenses, the pressure of life. It is actually about saying, God, I will make room for You and elevate the better thing in order that all of that is put into perspective. Yes, food is important in this story. Yes, they would eat and enjoy company. And the conversations around that food would have been amazing. And the food would have tasted amazing. It's not like they went on a fast. But Mary elevated the better thing. You know, we're making room for Him. What He wants to do in and through us as a church You know, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, mind cannot comprehend what the Lord wants to do through Horizon Church, Sutherland, St Andrews, Dunsborough online. You have no idea what you making room is about to do. You have no idea as we elevate the better thing, what the Lord may actually do with that. Because the truth is, she made room. And 2,000 years later, we're talking about a space she made, a space. She sat, she listened. She probably like, but I'm doing nothing. It's sort of passive. But it's like, no, you actively, actively contended for space and the Lord used it. 
She made room for the better part. You know, she made room for the better part. There is a good and a greater. God is bringing a distinction. There is a distinction and a sifting going on in our world today. There are good things, but there is a greater. 1 Timothy 4, 8, Paul says, for physical training is of some value. And we know that in the lack of it. (laughs) But you see, that's a good, but there's a great. But godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. A good and a greater. A good thing and a better thing. Don't stop the one for the other, but you may need to make room. You may need to push aside some things. In this moment, one thing is worthy of our attention, our devotion. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing, nothing compares to His voice. Making room for Him makes room for everything else. It will put perspective on everything. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first His Kingdom first and His righteousness. And all these things, all these good things shall be added unto you. If you will make room for the better, if you will make room for the greater, if you will make room for Him, He will make room for everything else. And it is amazing how much focus it will bring to everything else, family, work. Suddenly the wisdom of God comes into it. The perspective of God comes into your calendar. You have to deal with the space invaders in order to do it though, right? You have to deal, like Mary dealt. She probably knew this is gonna cost me something reputationally. This is actually gonna cost me something. I know what she's like. I know what Martha's like. I love her, but we all know, right? She is gonna get up me in the biggest possible way about this. We know, we know, but you've gotta deal with it. And it's so interesting because when Martha's jumping up and down, it's not really about the work, right? It's like, get back into your place. Get back into the normal societal expectation for you to have a six bedroom house in a beautiful Sydney side suburb, kids in private school and doing multiple activities after school, running yourself ragged. Get back into your place. What do you mean you're making room for the Lord? What do you, your accountant, what do you mean you gave to a vision offering 2021? What do you mean? Make room. Make room, deal with the space invaders, protect the space that God needs to occupy. But the beautiful thing is as you contend for the space, do you know Jesus contends for you? You know, Mary made room, she made space, she pushed out the expectation, she, she dealt with the PR ramifications of what she was about to do. But then Jesus contended for her. She chose the space. She made room for me and it will not be taken from her. Do you know Jesus contends for you? If you choose Him, you know, William Carey said, God gives the best to those that leave the choices to Him. If you will make room for Him, if you will trust Him, if you at cost of all else will choose Him over all else, He will contend for you. He will deal with the all else. He'll deal with the worry and concern. But not only that, you're making room, hold space for those to come. Do you know as a woman minister, 
This story for me spoke volumes to me in my teens about there is a place at the feet of Jesus for women in ministry. I couldn't see many of them at the time, but I could not shake the sense of call. And the Holy Spirit said to me, there's a place for you. Doesn't matter if there's 60 guys around, there's a place for you. There's a place for you. Would you hold room? And that placeholder that Mary put there made room for me and you and you. She just, who knew that domestic scenario, the impact she would have 2,000 years later. When Andrew and I, about this time last year actually, when I went out to see Adrian and Kathy Gray, amazing pastors in our nation, they'd done many things. Adrian was my husband's pastor in his teens. And I was going out, you didn't even know this was all going on behind your back, <laughs> to sort out a little church. He'd, come, he'd been diagnosed with serious cancer. He needed a succession plan and I was going out as the executive pastor to them to discuss the possibility of Horizon taking on their church, little church full of largely people over 65, just to take it on as a campus. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to just have a look at all the spreadsheets and the teams and the facilities and I'm going to pray for the leader that's going to be the best one. Maybe we'll send Jackson. No, we can't send Jackson, he's the youth pastor. Maybe Tim, maybe Karen, no way. No way, she's never going. <laughs> she's staying right here. Um, and I'm going through all the names and the Holy Spirit's like, you'll pastor this. I'm like, no, I won't. I'm happy. We've got our space. We've made room for our family in Sutherland Shire. Our finances are great. We're happy. We love the coffee at church. I love the people. I love seeing Valley Saw every week. I'm not going out there. No. I'm staying. He's like, no, you're not. You are going. You're going to make room for this. You're going to make room for this. And because you, you, you know, yes, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. I make my plans, but the Lord orders my steps. Don't you tell me, girl, He's like, how the plan's going. You will make room for this. If you love me, hear my voice. So we made room. And He spoke and we made it and God helped us and it all came together beautifully. And then God, as we made room in the middle of COVID, no less, with masks and service registrations and social distancing in a very small building, it was like logistical nightmare to tell you the truth. But as we made room, it held space for new families. And suddenly every week I'd turn up and go, who are you? Who are you? Hi, it's so nice to meet you. Are you new around here as well? And suddenly we doubled in size because every number is a life. And as we made room, as we obeyed the Lord, at cost in some respects, as we made room, He did only what He could do. And that was others came and filled the space that we made. If you'll make room, if you'll make kingdom space, He'll occupy. Souls will be saved, families will be healed. Individuals will have an encounter with God simply because you made room in your finance, in your time with God. If you make room, He will fill it. Well, the truth is as she made room, it actually, when you make room for the Lord and He gets a hold of your heart, out of that, an offering does flow. Because it just... A little bit later, 
John 12, 1 to 3, it says, Six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, their house, the hometown of Lazarus, whom he'd raised from the dead. So they hosted another dinner. Probably got Uber Eats that time for Jesus there. Martha got learned her lesson quick. Martha served the Uber Eats and Lazarus was going among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of expensive perfume made of pure nard. She smashes the thing open. It's not like a little spray. You smash it open and it's a once-off offering. And she smashed the thing open and she anointed Jesus' feet, wiped them with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. If you make room, He'll get your heart. If you make room, it's not really an offering. It's actually a natural overflow of worship because you made room. You made room for Him. The beautiful thing is nobody in that home, nobody in that house that day went unaffected by the fragrance of that perfume. Her offering spread throughout the home. It was unmistakable. It was probably there for a month or more. Do you know as you offer, as you pour out an offering to the Lord, once you've made room, start with making room. He will speak to you. He will minister to you. He will so readily change your heart like He did to Mary that you're gonna take an offering. And you know, what she brought was probably a dowry. There's every reason to believe in the commentaries that she took what was her security. She took the nest egg. You know, if all else fails, I've got this. You know, if it's my backup plan. But she loved him so much that she smashed her backup plan in a million pieces and said, you are my backup plan. I've got no plan B. You are my plan A. You're my only plan. You're A, B, C, D, E, Z. You are it, Jesus. I pour it at your feet. I make room for you. And the fragrance of my offering will impact people in years to come. And that's your business, Lord. I don't get to control that. Like I'm done with control, Jesus. I'm done with it. I'm done with holding back. I wanna smash it, break it, pour it over your feet. Let it fill the earth, God. And the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth like waters cover the sea. That is our offering. Lord, let Your glory, let Your glory, let Your glory touch Sydney Southwest, God. Let Your glory touch Sutherland, Lord Jesus. Let Your glory go out into WA. Let it go out into the nations of the earth through online, God. Let the fragrance of our offering as we make room for Him touch lives that we can't even see. It ended with an offering. Theo Farr has always captivated me. And Barry, you can mention it to family members. I remember hearing the story of Theo Farr when she was a single woman back when we were building the first church on this land. And she was a, a teacher. I'm like, I like that. I was a teacher too. And she'd take her salary and she was one of the primary funders. We don't know the givers, by the way. We don't, but this story has taken on mythological proportions and it captivated my imagination. She brought her offering from her teaching salary and she laid it at the feet of Jesus. And she made room for people to come and hear the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, 
Many decades later, I walked into the church as a six-year-old with my mum, crying because I didn't want to go where strange people were. And Barry and Deidre Moore were running the Sunday school that I went to. Barry gives me his hanky. Don't worry, wipe your tears. It's going to be fun. And I never looked back because Theo made room. Because Theo brought probably what was costly. She could have built her own home with it. She could have, and I'm sure God blessed her and all those things were added, but she made room. Do you know, you may be here today and you don't know Jesus. You, you hear about Him. Maybe you've come with a friend, maybe you heard about Him at school. Who, who knows the reason, but God knows. And He has made room for you today. You may think there's not room for you here, but can I just say, couldn't be further from the truth. In fact, decades of people have gone before you to make room for you. They love you. In fact, the Lord Jesus loves you today and He's made room for you. So what we're going to do in response to that reality today is close our eyes, every person across this room. We're going to pray a prayer saying, God, You've made room for me. I now want to respond to that and say yes to you. We call it salvation. It's just coming to Jesus and going, you're here, you're you're waiting with open arms for me, Lord. I say yes to you. Let's pray, church. Dear Lord Jesus, I give You my life. I give You my heart. You've made room for me. You've given Your life to create space for me. Thank You. As I say yes this morning, I become your child with every head bowed and every eye closed. And you want to say yes this morning. You said yes in your heart with just me looking and one or two other trusted leaders. I'm going to get you in a moment when I count to three, just to quickly lift your hand and say, I said yes to Jesus today. I need to say yes to that space He's created for me. It's, I can't wait. That becomes the most important thing today. And I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing over you that you would know His presence, just like Mary, and have an encounter with Him and know what it is to really know the Lord of your life. On the count of three, you said yes to Him today for the first time or for the first time in a long time. On the count of three, would you show me your hand just long enough that I can see? One, two, three. Would you slip your hand up for me today? You've said yes to Him. He's made room for you. He's made room for you. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone today and you're like, yeah, that's me. I need to come back to Him. It's been too long. I've excluded myself. But God is saying to you today, you're included. There's room for you. Why don't you slip your hand up this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. God, I just pray for every heart today that we would make room for you and that you would fill the space. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.